With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, October 21st, 2019. We have to say that because we have people downloading a podcast from over a year ago. They go, Lickin, mention the years. Okay, we got it in there. October 21st, 2019, and we're thrilled to have you here for another great podcast. So exciting, especially when Paul and I were looking over the stats. We were getting ready to head into the annual NBA conference starting on Sunday. We're actually going to be at Empower starting on Saturday, this coming Saturday, recording testimonies of all these powerful women there. Alice and I will be there in the recording booth. If you're there listening to the podcast, swing by. I want to record an interview with you. But we're excited about the upcoming MBA conference. So leading up to it, we're going to be talking about social media, what you can do to communicate with a larger audience, what a difference it can make. Joining us on the podcast today is Ryan Hill of Resource TV, R-E-Source.TV, and David Savage. If you know anything about these two, if you're out on social media, they're all over it. And we're going to be talking about how you can be all over it. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Now, say we're talking about us being all part of the Industry Syndicate. If you are not checked out IndustrySyndicate.com and all the podcasts that are associated with it. And guess what? They just launched their new app. So you can listen to myself and the Lickin' on Lenny podcast. All the podcasts are out there through the new Industry Syndicate app. Pretty cool stuff. Encourage you to check it out. Mitch Cohen, uh, the Director of Public Relations and Marketing Communications at Black Knight, just put out this news. They just launched a new product, Regulatory Assist, designed to help lenders make sure they're in compliance with federal and state regulations. You know, we did a podcast on this on September 2nd. Go back and we did an important podcast on Reg Tech and how regulation is coming into the tech industry and the, the regulators that are watching over us. Go back and listen to that podcast. Really fun. We actually got a state regulator to come on the podcast. Check out the video that we've uploaded on our show page as well as on our advertiser page. So grateful to have Black Knight as an advertiser, as well as the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Going to be here at the conference coming up again starting on Sunday, as well as Open Mortgage, a leading buyer reverse mortgage home loans, as well as the home of some of the top LOs of the country. And then there's Finastra. I love the third large, I love these guys. Third largest fintech company in the world is Finastra. They've got their 
Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution automatically addresses compliance issues. Does a great job. But I love the thing I love the best is what they do in their mobile app. Check it out at Finastra.com. As well as Resex Warehouse Lending, a division of United Bank. Check out Ken Jones's interview that we did on September 16th. The three pillars of successful leadership. Check that out. Also, the two co-ops that we're a part of, Lenders One is a powerful co-op, one of the first ones, and now TMC, the Mortgage Collaborative, is out. Both these co-ops create competitive advantages for you where you can meet both vendors and lenders in an up-close, personal, much more intimate environment than some of the big conferences. They both support the MBA. I encourage you to check out Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. I say also, we're pleased to be in affiliation with CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders of America, as well as Velma, efficient email marketing platform we use to get the word out, as well as Ken Perry and our friends at Knowledge Coop. Love those characters. And then Vidyard, a powerful video communications platform, as well as AI Assist, powered by Conversica. And finally, we're always so grateful to have Alice, Andy, Alan, and Joe here for each of their weekly contributions to this podcast. Let's get over to listen to what Rob Van Raphorst has prepared for this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Raphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, CFPB Director Kathy Craninger appeared before the House Financial Services Committee and the Senate Banking Committee for her semi-annual testimony before Congress. Specifically, during her Senate appearance, Craninger answered questions about the constitutionality of the CFPB's leadership structure and the QM patch. Both Senators Pat Toomey and Bob Menendez questioned her about the future of the patch. Menendez said he hoped the final QM patch for the CFPB would provide the same benefits to would-be homeowners as the current system. Craninger said she would like to see a smooth transition away from the patch and that the Bureau is seeking an input as to how much time would be necessary for a possible extension. Also last week, FASB clarified that implementation of the new CECL standard will be delayed for small public companies and private companies that are not SEC filers. These companies can can delay implementation until December 15, 2022, but will have the option of early adoption. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, good job, Rob. Always love it when he comes on. See him and so many of our friends from the MBA at the conference. And while you're at the MBA website or at the conference, be sure to sign up for Mortgage Action Alliance. You do not have to be a member of the MBA to have your voice heard. They've created an app you put on your phone. You can do it on your computer where you have the ability to contact your senator with a few clicks give opinions about matter, mortgage matters that are before the Senate and House. We're going to hear more about that from Alice Alvey in just a minute. Les Parker's segment, the TM Spotlight, giving a macro view of the markets. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Amesworth Advisors. The world of doves, the trade set pops, to be a part of the wave can't stop. Does the partial trade agreement between the U.S. and China lead to a long-term deal and international commerce stability? Does Brexit pop or glide to an economic juggernaut? For now, long-term treasuries are sad, while mortgages are ambivalent. The dove wave can't stop, which leads to things far more shocking than anything we ever knew. (laughs) Right on cue. 
defuser of my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Ah, good job, Les. Can't stop the spirits when they need you. This life is more than just a read-through. Yes, it's more than just a read-through. Good job, Gary Canterbone, who does the production of that. Joe Farr, good to have you in here, my friend. Now we get to talk to someone live, nothing pre-recorded. But we've got you here to tell us what's on the market this week. So what you got for us, friend? Yeah, looking at the markets right now, MBS prices are down just a little bit. MBS prices are down. That means yields on mortgages are up. Stocks are a little higher. Uh, That's good to see. There's no significant economic data on the calendar today. There has been lots of Brexit news, both over the weekend and today, as British Parliament rejected Boris Johnson's negotiated deal, and that forced him to send the EU a request for an extension, which he did reluctantly. Protesters in London are beginning to call for a new vote on leaving the EU or not. So uh, there's a lot going on there, and it will really come to a a high pitch over this week and certainly next week as the October 31st deadline approaches. Trade talks with China, you know, they appear to be moving in a good direction. At least that's what everyone's voicing, both the Chinese representatives and the U.S. So that's a good move. Looking at last week, Dave, was really a pretty quiet week compared to the prior weeks, which saw a lot yeah, of no volatility. Kidding. Mortgage rates were virtually unchanged, as were stocks. So just not a lot going on last week that would push the market. The economic data was mixed. The biggest number was the retail sales data. It, it fell from August when a small gain was expected. But August was revised higher, so that kind of helped reduce the sting of the lower number in September. Housing data, the Home National Association Home Builders Survey showed that home builders were more optimistic about the housing market than expected. Starts of single-family residences kind of proved this to be true as uh, the number of new starts grew again this month. Nice to see that the housing starts in September were four and a half, 4.3% higher than last September, so it does show the builders out there providing more supply. Leading economic indicators, not not a typically a real market-moving event, but I want to point out that this report, which attempts to predict what's going to happen six months out in the economy, both the September report and the revised August report reported slowing economic activity ahead. So, And then uh, looking at the week that is coming up, we have more housing data coming out on, on Tuesday. Existing home sales comes out on Thursday. New home sales come comes out. They both are expected to show a small drop in activity. Then consumer sentiment comes out on Friday. This is the second look at the survey in the month. And you know, with the weak retail sales number, the market's going to really be interested in seeing if the consumer is still relatively happy. So consumer's been driving this economy. Durable orders comes out on Thursday. The ECB meeting is on Thursday. This is Mario Draghi's last meeting, but really no new policies are expected to come from that. Of course, U.S. politics and trade talks will continue to make headlines. And, and as I mentioned earlier, it's a lot of Brexit activity. The, the uncertainties live on. The EU officials are set to consider Great Britain's request for an extension of the 1031 deadline. That approval is not certain, by the way. And then uh, Boris Johnson is still trying to get his deal passed by the British Parliament, as it would affect our markets and, more importantly, mortgage rates. A no-deal Brexit would increase uncertainties and. When that happens, typically stocks go down and people seek the relative safety of bonds, including government-guaranteed mortgage-backed securities, and and, uh, that could lead to an improvement in mortgage rates. That's my talk for the day. 
Good stuff. Appreciate it. Appreciate you being here. Yeah. Have been for over 10 years. If you looked at the statistics of what we just discovered out the reach of a podcast, it's crazy. You've been a big part of it. Thank you, Joe, for being here today and for the last 10 long years. Short years. They seem like they've gone so quickly. Anyway, appreciate it. Folks, we're going to take a quick break, run over to Scott Gordon, and have him tell us a little bit about the science of sales. Scott? How many times have you been asked, what do you do? Too many to count. Most people answer with their job title. I'm a loan originator. Boring. Introducing yourself is an opportunity to communicate with story. Here are three steps to creating your story. One, invent a main character for the listener to play a part in the story. Two, create an easy-to-follow series of events that pose a problem for the main character. And three, finish your story with a one-step description of what you do to solve the problem. When someone asks, what do you do? You could reply, imagine that you're a traveler in a foreign land and what lies between you and your destination is a wilderness of quicksand, thorns, and overgrown trails. People can't brave the wilderness alone. To make it to the other side, you need a guide, and I am that guide. My team has the best track record of getting travelers through the wilderness without getting stuck in quicksand or lost. Three steps to a simple story to answer one of the most common questions asked. This sounds too good to be true. It's not. It's just the science of sales. Good job, Scott. Appreciate that. Check out openmortgage.com. Great company all the way around. Alice Alvey. Good to have you with us. Alice is CMB, Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage, Bill Cosgrove Company. She's here with this week's legislative update. Alice, looking forward to seeing you here this weekend and having you at the sound booth with me, recording all these interviews with all these powerful women. But what you got for us on the regulatory update? Well, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to heading to Austin for the conference. It's always a great event to, you know, get to catch up with everybody. Well, a little-known rule went into effect on October 9th. It was really just going to affect a lot of portfolio lending. But, you know, as loan officers, I know we have a lot of loan officers who listen to this podcast. You wonder, you know, how come one lender can do something that I can't? And so I thought, well, it might be worth pointing this out because I haven't talked about appraisals in a really long time. So this Little rule essentially says that if the property is valued at 400000 or less, an appraisal is no longer required. And obviously, it has the caveat that the lender is still required to have safe and sound banking practices. And all this comes from the FDIC, the OCC, and the Federal Reserve. So it's really related to the banks that many independent mortgage bankers compete with out there. So this particular small little rule really is only going to apply to their portfolio loans, nothing that they're going to sell to Fannie or Freddie. could be big bank, small bank. But whenever you might have that deal where someone's going, hey, if I go over here, they're telling me I don't need an appraisal and when you're running DU and LP, you're getting that you need an appraisal all day long. It's most likely some type of a portfolio product that you're competing with. Most lenders aren't going to do it for an end loan, but you never know. And uh, But certainly it uh, gives them an option for HELOCs. So with that, I just wanted to give everybody that little, little piece that kind of slipped under there. The prior number was about 250000 and now it's changed all the way up to four hundred. So you might run into it a little bit more. While I was out there checking about appraisers, you know, we talk about the age of appraisals. I thought, well, I'd love to know what the facts are. So the beginning of this year, the Appraisal Institute published that there are about 78,000 appraisers, and literally 70% of them 
are over, here's my age thing, are 71% are over age 51. 71% of appraisers are 51 (laughs) or older. (laughs) And that is also the same group who has the most experience. So when you look at the number of years of experience, that group obviously has any more than 15 years experience. And then the experience just disappears. So it's not just an age problem. It's not many people have that many years experience and we're going to lose a lot of that in the coming years. So a couple of quick tidbits there on appraisals. Last but not least, I wanted to throw in a comment about Rob Van Rathforce's report where he mentioned about Kathleen Craninger reporting and I want everybody to recognize it's the first time publicly in a big forum we've heard the word extension for the QM patch. <laughs> so yes. I kind of like, we said that last week where we started talking about this, you know, the, that um, we should probably plan that we don't want to plan for an extension, but it's this late in the game to try and come up with a solution that's a little further along. Uh, looks like an extension in our future. I would guess it is, without a question. So, Dave, back to you. Thank you, Alice. Looking forward to getting together with you both at the table and just spending some good time. I appreciate you so much for being here. Say hi, Bill. And for those of you who did not listen to last week's interview that we had with Bill Cosgrove, talking about leadership and what he's doing for his company and then also his involvement at Empower, it is very inspirational, some of the stuff he's doing. I really love the leadership he brings, the innovation he brings. You're with a great leader and a great company, Alice, and I'm so grateful we have the friendship that we do between all of us. Appreciate it so much. Hey, Nathan here from the Knowledge Cube. Do you need to teach a course? Have you considered maybe using the Socratic method? See, it's a process of using questions that engage learners to question their assumptions in order to eliminate contradictions. The primary goal is not to have listeners try to answer unanswerable questions, but to get them to develop critical thinking and to keep them engaged in your topic. Have you got some training to do? Check out the Knowledge Cube for fun and easy video-based training for the mortgage professionals out there. And it's all powered by a smart digital platform. Be sure to check them out at knowledgecoop.com. I want to get over to Alan Pollock and get today's tech update. Alan, how are you doing, friend? I am doing good. Great to be here. Excited for today's hot topic. Uh, A couple things, David. This one's a big question for you. Uh, Two parts. One, would you like $128,000 in your bank account? That's probably a yes, Uh, right? (laughs) Yeah, yes. Rhetorical. That defines rhetorical question. do Do you have a kind and friendly face? Uh, that's Answers debatable. Yes, right? It's an older face. <laughs> well, okay, so we'll say yes. Yes. All right. All right. Well, there can't wait to see where you're going with there. this. Yeah, there's a company out there right now. It's an anonymous private company due to NDAs. They're offering one person $128,800 for the rights to use their face on a range of robots. Uh, the company wants to use mm. them to, get to humanize a robot. So think of uh, some of those funny TV commercials we've seen with, um, I think, um, Allstate has one. Uh, they use the face yeah. of the guy from the office on it. Pretty funny. Well, they want to humanize a robot. They want to make it a virtual friend for elderly people. And due to, the, um, due to, due to this vocation, uh, they need a kind and friendly face. So anyways, if you're interested in that, you can just Google uh, kind and friendly face $128,000, and it will come up, there and you, you can go. apply. That's hilarious. <laughs> You yeah, it's come so, up with um, something new. I may submit it for you, Dave, and we'll just split the money if you get it. No, no, so, no, no. Yeah. So two <laughs> I don't know where that would go. About, 
Yeah, what you yeah, got? Two things I wanted to chat about today really quick. Uh, one is customer experience um, on the heels of really this entire year and what we talked about last week, and then also NBA National, which we know is coming up uh, in less than a week. So let's start with customer experience. Uh, we saw or we heard last week, uh, plus it was all over the news, that Fannie Mae had put out a new article. Uh, they do those surveys quite often. Uh, and what they found is that lenders prefer to invest in improvements to their customer-facing technology because it offers a better return than similarly spending on back-end processes, right? It doesn't mean that lenders yep. don't want to spend the money on the back-end, but I think they have more control on the front-end, and right. customers are changing today. And so this survey basically showed um, the, to improve customer experience was 45%, the response. To improve back-end efficiencies is only 36%. So both, both ranking kind of high, uh, but improved both front-end and back-end was only 16%. So that's where the title of the article comes from. You want to check it out. It, it really is relatable because as, as we talk amongst ourselves across the industry, we can't do everything at the same time. There's technology challenges. There's partner relationship challenges. I think as a lender, you have more control over the front-end to some extent. Um, so that's really important. And actually, David, if you remember last year, or this year, earlier this year, we talked about how many touches it takes for a loan officer sometimes to actually get the lead, how quickly you can respond and how quickly you can interact. And chatbots and other technology played a part in that, limiting the amount right. of times or automating that. And actually, our guests at the Hot Topic probably have a lot to say about that today. Um, anyways, David, there was an article at Forbes, really cool, talked about the top 10 transformations for 2020. It's generic across all industries, but I want to mention it because it's really relatable to ours. Uh, first, it talks about 5G and faster Wi-Fi, right? As we implement AI and robotic process automation, all these different things, more connectivity, better computing capabilities, that's really important. It talked about what we talk about all the time, right? Remember our do Nowhere to Use Technology uh, acronym? Analytics, right? What Forbes said is companies that still aren't investing heavily in analytics in 2020 probably won't be in business in 2021. Now, I wouldn't take that to heart because wow. I, I – I, I think they're talking more generically about companies that just aren't doing anything. We use a lot of data in the mortgage industry, but we don't use enough, right? When you think about your front-end customer portal, are you really understanding where customers drop off? Do you understand um, where they spend the most time? Are they stuck on certain pages? Um, all of those things equivalent to, to important data and analytics that you need to look at. In addition, what they're saying is there's so much more data to be collected process and turned into insights, right, and to remain competitive. So we, we, we understand that. It's just a really important topic across all industries. They basically say flying blind is no more, uh, is like following your gut, not a viable option. All right, moving on, AI and machine learning are big, Forbes says. They also say blockchain. We're seeing that in our industry, right? I think we've moved past where it's a thing that we think may happen. We're seeing people use it. We're going to continue to see that expansion. So blockchain, I think, is really important. RPA, they also mention, uh, as we know, RPA is also super important. Yep. Uh, conversational AI is really big. Robotic know processing that. engine, uh, ro automation, robotic RPA, processing yeah. automation, just, yeah. Just That's right. Yep. And, and what they're saying is that really gets a low-hanging fruit. But then you've got projects like Microsoft Conversational AI, like IBM Watson and others. They're trying to really determine the difference between human and digital voices and actually have complex conversations. And connected vehicles. This one's great. I don't know how many of you have seen Waze. They, they did an integration. We talked about it in November of 17, but they did an integration with HomeSnap, 
And so when you're stopped, it actually will give you, based on geographic or geo-targeted ads, information that there's an open house nearby. And if you haven't used Waze on a Sunday and really? stopped at a street corner, you want to check, you want to just try it because it works. It's great. And Waze, you know, Waze it, it, in 2017, David, had 90 million users worldwide. And I think it's becoming more and more of a common thing that people have on. Um, so anyways, we need to humanize technology. And it really isn't just all about only um, technology. It's about the people process. We need to be part of it. We need to empower technology to work. You remember the Fannie Mae survey that was out there where, um, you know, customers want to do it on their own, but they still want to have live chat. They want to be instant message. They want quick turnaround times. They want to know somebody's there. And, um, you know, we have Dave Savage on today from Mortgage Coach. I, I, I mentioned to him earlier, I'm going to give him a shameless plug. You know, his technology is something, where, and we've talked about it on past podcasts, right. where it truly enables you um, to better facilitate the experience and the conversation using technology with the consumer. You're not giving yourself away. You're not turning a back to it, but it actually enables you both to be smart together. And so technology is, is really important, and we'll continue to see it go down that path. David, I just want to end on the NBA National. Um, it is such an important event of our, of our year. Um, it is extremely important to meet with your so vendors true. and partners. So I just want to leave, leave us with this one thing. You know, meetings are short. If you're meeting with a tech vendor, I've been on that side. Know your objectives up front. Let's enable our tech community to be prepared. Let them know you're having some difficulties or what you want to talk about so they have the right information ready to go. Um, also, use data to make those proof points, like i.e., X amount of time something didn't work as expected. Um, if your projects aren't on track, what are those short wins you can make to get those there? Contracts can always be updated and modified. Let's just get to a common ground. Uh, and then if there's new work, you know, what are the benefits and, and who will manage the project? That's the most important thing. So anyways, good luck. I'm excited to see a whole bunch of our listeners next week at NBA National and uh, looking forward to our Hot Topic segment today. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the Waze thing, I was in an Uber driver who did the Kung Fu yeah. guy. He goes, oh, you got to turn off right now. Or if you don't, oh, you're such an idiot. You missed a turn. It was hilarious. Oh, I, I was it. in the backseat just cracking a gut. Just, it was so funny. Listen to the guys. Oh, where stars? did you download? Yeah, yeah, I did. I gave him a five stars. I said, just, this is so entertaining. He says, oh, yeah, you got to hear some of the stuff. He says, some of it can get a little explicit. So the, Waze is out there. I mean, I think it's that interactive interactivity. So I'm looking forward to having you participate in the hot topic. Both of our guests do an awesome job in connecting with consumers and uh, connecting with, excuse me, mortgage professionals and consumers. So we're excited to have you be a part of it if you can. So good job. Folks, I was in Chicago this last week with our friends Finastro. We're grateful for their sponsorship. Third largest fintech company in the world. And uh, their mortgage bot mobile delivers app-like experience. It is, I got to tell you, you can brand it to your brand, your fonts, your color schemes. It's your business. It is such a powerful tool. And it, I'm getting reports from clients that have taken on and brought in the mortgage bot app and starting to use it as a POS. And it's making such a difference for them. Go to our website, look at on lending under advertisers, see the great video that I recorded with Dan Putney and Eric Schwab. It's really some powerful stuff, guys. If you're looking for a solution, check out Finastra.com. Profit Doctor, Andy Shell, good to have you here in the house. We, Andy and I had barbecue on Saturday. Great lunch. Always fun. Can I tell them about what you're launching out to do now, your second? Can we talk about that a little bit? I think it's so exciting. Sure. Andy is going for his second PhD, folks. What the heck? 
Overachiever plus. Uh, no, my crazy or what? Well, the thing about it is my, my first PhD is in strategy, all about business strategy, tons and tons and tons and tons of detail. But the thing about it is you can have an amazing strategic plan, but if you're not effective in communicating the plan to the world, yeah. to the employees, to the shareholders, to That's the investors, true. then it's, you know, it's all for naught. Great strategic plans fail because of a failed communication. So the second PhD is in strategic communication specifically. So I'm excited about it. It's already super interesting, and it's really fun. Very good. Very excited. What you got for Profit Doctor segment today? So here you go, Dave. You know, part of being effective in communication is telling a story. We all know this. This isn't new news. The problem is that when we talk about financial results, we talk about numbers. We talk about columns of numbers. And we look at these columns of numbers, and you know, we'd rather be at the dentist having a tooth pulled. But it doesn't need to be like that. Financial results tell a story. And to a, an accountant, the financial results tell a vibrant story. The, the problem is accountants then don't translate what they see into a communication style that's understandable to people who aren't CPAs. You know, people like to be socialized. People like to receive messages in a pleasant fashion, you know, pictures of puppy dogs. And so we in accounting need to tell the financial results story. So the financial results talk about what happened on our journey. It's like a road trip. It tells us what we did in September. They tell us about the successes. They tell about the unmet expectations. They tell about what each person in the company did. So did every person achieve their goal for September? So we can talk about that as part of the collaborative effort as a company to achieve a common goal. So, and each person's experience is part of the story. So it becomes this kind of in, ingrained, uh, collapsed process where everybody is, is part of the team and everybody contributes to the team. It's, it's already like that, depending upon the degree to which the corporate culture embraces that. But the financial results story is based on what people were able to accomplish. And so we need to talk about the good things. We need to talk about the things that could be improved. All this needs to be part of our dialogue about accounting. It's not just a column of numbers. It's a story about the activity of the company for the past month. It's a story of the company for the past eight months, nine months, ten months. You know, it, it's all about how did we get here? And the financial results tell you that story, but we don't, accounting doesn't do a very good job generally explaining that. That's why in the webinars that I teach, I talk about charts and graphs and speaking in English and don't use words that people don't understand. So part of the problem is that in the CPA world, you're actually taught to write with a vernacular that's indecipherable to others. But that's not what I think the role of a CFO is the role of a CFO is to communicate, to find ways to say yes, to find ways to yeah, explain so the outcome. And then when, when we think about the financial results, we think about the story of our company. We also need to think about, well, what's, what's next? What are we going to do in the rest of 2019? What are we going to do in 2020? What's going to happen? It's like planning a family vacation. We need to think about the details of our road trip that we're going on each month, each week, each day. What are the steps in the journey of our road trip, of our company's trip into the future? We need to think about who gets to sit next to the window, who has to sit next to grandma. You know, these, these questions 
are things that come up that we need to think about, understand, and apply into our business. So we're going to make, we're going to identify the activities of our company. We're going to identify the things that make our company successful. We're going to come up with ways to describe those things in a way that's understandable to people. People will pay attention when it's a story. People will pay attention yes. and be super engaged when they're part of the story. So this is why I'm a big advocate of CFOs having business reviews for every single branch of a company. Talk about it. How did it go? What happened? Make the story. Come up with the details and explain the story. And have, and have it be a dialogue, not be one way or the other. So the, the key is turning accounting information into and financial forecasts into telling a story. And this is actually where, just from a practicality perspective, this is some a place where you have a distinction between the controller position and the CFO position and the people that sit in those seats. So the controller is usually a hardcore accountant, really, really knows the numbers. The CFO is typically a little bit more of a finance guy, finance guy meaning genderless, anybody, men, women. Yep. I guess there's another category for that too, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so... Yeah, the CFO is the guy, that, the person, the, the employee that communicates. So typically that's how that works. The CFO has the skill set, the communication skill set to tell yeah. the story more than just here's the numbers, you know, make it be a story. Content matters for sure, but delivery matters more. So there you go, Dave. Good job. PhD Thank you. communications along with a strategy and the CFO, CPA, my. He's the only guy that has more letters behind his name than in the letters in his name. It's crazy. <laughs> Love it. CMB. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's great having lunch with you, my friend. For those of you that are listening live, this is the end of our weekly update. And for those of you who are listening live, just stay right on here. But for those of you who are listening on a downloaded basis, the next thing that should be coming up or the next program will be the hot topic, which we're now going to get into. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Black Knight, Open Mortgage, Finastra, Resex Warehouse Lending, a division of United Bank, DMBA, Lenders One, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative, and CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders America, Bella, as well as Knowledge Coop, Vidyard, and AI Assist. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. See you back here next week. You've been listening to Licken on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Licken of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.